welcome to this week's episode of The Recruitment Version. Um, today we will be discussing how employers can support graduates and apprentices. So again, I'm joined by Hannah for a final episode in this series on graduates and apprentices. So Hannah, start us off. Oh God, that's nice. Final episode <laughs> making me start it off. Sorry. I'll go, I'll go back behind the editing after this. Um, so I think the best place to start is how to actually find and I suppose select. Mm-hmm. Finding is easy because lots of people apply to jobs, especially when it says no experience required. Um, so how do you select people that are applying for grads or apprentices? And I think the biggest thing that you need to do is actually set up assessment centers mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. So get these people into a space, set up some tasks. It's cliche. However, these people don't have experiences. So how are you going to be able to differentiate them between one another? How are you going to actually figure out if they are good for the job? How are you going to be able to go, yeah, actually, this person will fit in my team? Because ultimately, these people are coming to you with little to no experience. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say to obviously mix apprentices and grads as one assessment because those are two very completely different entities in themselves. Mm -hmm. But if we focus on sort of like the graduate schemes or graduate assessment centers that we run internally, they are put in a way that identifies all of the key skills that we need for the job. So we need people to be able to demonstrate leadership, but not too much, not too little Goldilocks kind of situation. (laughs) We We need people to be able to share ideas we need, to be able, we need people to be able to be like collaborative and we need people that aren't afraid to sort of like take reins and take control of the situation when things are going a little bit AWOL mm. and our assessment center is set up in a way that does that but in a very fun way what yeah. we think well etouffee it was quite fun it's fun for us when we're watching you guys yeah I mean um, it, it, was, it was fun to get involved with and I, I'm actually quite grateful for it because I think at first glance, my CV probably didn't scream, this girl could be good fit for recruitment. So getting to do the assessment center meant you guys were able to see me in action, see how I work, how I think, um, how I interact with people, things like that. So for me, I, I was quite, I mean, I was a little bit scared. I was like, oh no, what have I got to do? But you know, I was, I was people quite, walking around with clipboards. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, what are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but no, it, it was, it was really fun. And it, it didn't actually feel like an interview because you set us challenges, games, tasks, things like that. And it got to the point where I forgot you guys were watching us because we were literally just getting involved in these tasks. Um, and then obviously happy days, I got a call saying we want to interview you. So it meant that, you know, clearly my behaviors or, or whatever I showcased during that they were um, good. <laughs> t- t- whatever boxes but I think you know maybe if you guys had just looked at my CV um and then based that on whether or not you wanted to get me through to a proper interview you maybe wouldn't have brought me through um maybe I don't know obviously we, we won't know now but yeah. it I think it definitely is a good way to get a whole different group of people together all with different skill sets and see how they work in action yeah. and, and base base your sort of next decision on that really. Yeah, and with assessment centers as well, obviously you still call people up. You're still always going to have that initial like telephone call. Where it's like, hmm, is this person relatively switched on for this? Yeah. Or like, hmm, does this person sound like they're going to like fit in with our company? You're always going to have that like sort initial of like pre-assessment. Yeah. So it might sound weird to say when we're trying to say like, get everyone down get people down that you think will actually the be initial okay. shortlist but yes yeah. just don't just don't judge a book by its cover the cv is really at this level is only half a story mm-hmm. i don't even know if it's half a story it's a page yeah um so yeah so that would be the main thing with assessment centers i think that's probably the best way to kind of like find it and select 
people to kind of get into the team yeah definitely so I mean I think it would be good to touch on onboarding um, yes that's such a big part of um, don't do yeah and it's it's really is the make or break point because so many graduates and apprentices will drop out or leave if that isn't done correctly you know they'll be there for a week or two weeks and blah I'm Mm. out of here this this isn't right for me so if you can get the onboarding right you're halfway there yeah probably more than halfway there so I think, you know, in terms of what that should look like, I think on day one, you need to lay out what that onboarding will look like. Yeah. So you need to say, yeah, you need to say, right, hi, welcome to the company, all that good stuff. You know, this week, we're going to teach you this. Next week, we're going to teach you this. By week four or five, we're going to expect this of you. Yeah. So just sort of, so people know what they're going into and they can sort of plan it out in their head and think oh, okay cool right I'll, I'll be fully taught everything I need to know and then by this point I've got to sort of take action and you know a lot of people probably want to do things in their own time a little bit of research if it's a marketing job say for example they might want to practice some of the tools that you teach them at home things like that so I think it's it's really important to lay that out for someone so that they know where they stand and they're not going to come in and be like right am I going to be thrown in the deep end today or am I learning more today so yeah. definitely lay out that onboarding plan yeah, 100%. And if you're thinking, oh, God, I've got to train these people for five, six weeks. What does that look like? The, the easiest way to try and figure out how, what to train people on mm-hmm. is to ask your team, like mm-hmm. go to your team and say, like, when you first started, what do you wish that you would have known? What is going to be valuable? What skills do these people need to know? What systems do we have in place? Use your team to kind of help form the training. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of them will be kind of more forthcoming with this anyway, because ultimately, if you're getting someone in, to help them with their job so you'd oh, like yeah. the person that's joining to be relatively competent in what they're doing <laughs> um and i think actually in some cases if you're asking people to help even if it is just picking their brains for ideas mm-hmm. it's going to help them feel valued as well it's going to help them make them feel like they're having an impact and the person that's going to be joining they're going to be more willing to help because they know that they're putting the effort into learn and get them up to standard Mm. um so i think using using the team in order to actually structure what that training looks like is really really important yeah and i think it's important as well to not have a one-size-fits-all approach because people receive information differently people learn differently um so i think it's important to identify how that person best learns they might be someone who actually learns better on the job yeah they might be someone who learns better from shadowing and seeing it being brought to life or they might be someone who learns best from watching training videos and and making notes and reading articles and documents and things like that so I think find out how the person best receives information um and sort of tailor 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 your um, onboarding process around that um as I said it really isn't a one-size-fits-all approach um, and I think that's the quickest way to weed people out if you're not accommodating for that Yeah. And I think off the back of that, if you are taking into consideration that people do learn differently, Mm. you need to be having catch ups with them regularly. Oh, yeah. And you need to be able to say, like, right, how are you feeling? What's going on? What are you struggling with? Why are you struggling with this? What's actually going well as well? I think you always focus on the negatives. It's very easy to focus on the negatives, especially because either you're stressed, things are, you're trying to learn everything. But make sure that you are saying, like, no, what is going well? Like, what's, what does a good week look like? And, Make sure that when you're having these catch-ups with people, set targets. We set yes. at the start like small, little achievable things that help people feel like they're doing a good job because they are doing a good job. If you've got nothing to actually sort of prove that to yourself, sometimes 
be left a little bit deflated. Yeah. And so when you hit that milestone, it's like, okay, yeah, no, I have actually just done that training module. And now that is a good thing. That now means that I can do this, this, and this. Mm. Um, and start working that into the framework. So you actually end up creating quite a like bespoke individual program for that person yeah without actually having to create individual plans because it will just form as it goes along it's not like mm. we're saying you know you have to create like a six week rigid thing and that's the only thing that you can do yeah I think if you adopt that practice you'll probably end up finding that the apprentices and graduates again will leave in some way shape or form oh, or yeah. they'll be unhappy because you're not taking in consideration that they are individuals mm. and have individual at wants and needs mm. um and I think something that is really important when you're just coming in at that level is these people that are joining you at graduate and apprentice apprentice level they're actually learning what the world of work is and they're learning what it means to be an adult and I at 25 years old I'm still learning what it means to be an adult (laughs) so I think that's another consideration that people need to make and Mm. I remember like when you first joined like you came out of university you were in where were you in Coventry I was in Coventry yeah commuting I was commuting over an hour each way to work oh my god that's (laughs) so far three months or something it was it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot but But I have no idea how you've done that just thinking about it an hour a day I don't know how I did (laughs) yeah I would think I would leave the house at quarter to seven um, and get home at like half six so it was you know almost like a 12 hour day um but you know our our boss was very accommodating and when I you know obviously you know I wanted to settle into the company and then I was like okay this is a good fit for me this is where I want to be I'm now happy to sort of move my life up and set my life up here in Leicester for for this opportunity and, and build a life around around this job and career so when I said, you know, that I was looking to move here, so he was happy for me to be saving the petrol money and and saving a lot of time. Um, And he was very accommodating with me going out on house viewings and things like that. You know, yeah, you can leave early to go and view that house or I'd see one or he'd even send me a link to a house and be like, go and view that right now, leave work. I don't care. You need to go and view that house. Um, And it it was really good to sort of have that support because I think it can be so stressful and coming out of uni and then being like, right, this is the real world. Yeah. I need somewhere to live. I need a job. I need a car. I need this, that, and the other. So if you've got the support of your employer, it means you don't feel as stressed and you're not yeah. bringing that home stress into your new job, essentially. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. Yeah, it just means that you can actually focus on doing your job. Yeah. Let's like, say it's like half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you are trying to figure out what is life and adulting (laughs) I think if you actually have like your mentor whoever it is you've got someone in place Mm. like let them help as well like if if, if a person's got a question about like what life is I mean I remember asking Adam like what is remortgaging my house like he's done it before like I need to do that this year (laughs) I don't really know what it is um but it's it's having that understanding and the flexibility to know that okay these people are coming into like the working world and a lot of time they haven't been shown everything they have like obviously people always know what it is people know that you have to have a house people know that you have to have commute and you have to get places that's that's fine Mm -hmm. there's so many like nuances to life that you're just sort of like i did not know that that was a thing yeah and Um, it can be so overwhelming to have to deal with that 
alongside the stress of a new job. And, you know, I, I remember I thought, oh, I'm only three months in. Is it going to look bad if I'm like, hey, can I have some time off to, to go and view houses? But I knew how essential it was. And yeah. I, I remember at first I was a bit too scared to ask. And I hadn't mentioned yet that I was in the process of, of looking. And I mm. saw a house that I really liked the look of. And then the next day it was gone from the market. Because oh, obviously I, I wasn't That's able to. Yeah. Happen. And I wasn't able to like, you know, in my head I thought I can't view this till mm. the weekend by the weekend it was gone so it was so good to you know have that support but again you know as I say you can only have that support when you actually open up to them about it so when yeah. I at first was a bit tentative to be like can I have some time off to view this house I was so glad that I actually eventually communicated it to them because they were so accommodating mm. with it um, and I think you know that is something that you do just have to be open and honest. And that's something you can discuss, like you said, in those one-to-ones. It's not just about, oh, yeah, hey, how are you finding this well, job? Yeah. It's, you know, how, how, how are things in general? Like, are you okay? Are you <laughs> happy? Are you healthy? You know, is, is everything fine? Because I do think, especially when you are a graduate or an apprentice, your employer has a duty of care to yeah. you um, to sort of make sure that you're okay because you are spending the majority of your week at work yeah. and the majority of your life at work. So it's important that they are supporting you with all of the different sort of nuances Aspects. and things that sort of come alongside yeah. setting setting up your life and your career. 100%. So communicating that is really, really key. I mm-hmm. think, yes, obviously people need to let them know when things are wrong and yeah. you do need to do that. Mental note for self. But... Um, <laughs> It is about like in those early stages communicating like, right, these are the sort of channels that you've got. These are the different people that you can speak to. And I think, yes, an apprentice level talking like from, I guess they talking from experience, but half experience. But <laughs> when you've got a mentor, you know, you can go to them for that one, like that one person is your be on or end or they yeah. are, they have the knowledge, they know what they need to do. You can go to them for live things as well and yeah. let you, the mentor know that that is an expectation of them, that that could happen. Mm. But also make sure that person has got a network of people around them so that they can learn from different people and learn from the experiences within mm. the organisation. Um, I think that will be the same for graduates as well. I think the more people that you can be exposed to and the more people that you can annoy or let people annoy with questions. Yeah. The, benef- like the, more, the more beneficial it's going to be for that individual. Definitely. I think for me, when I joined this company on the, on the graduate scheme, you know, being in an office environment where people were constantly on the phone, I was able to sort of eavesdrop and, and being yeah. around people. And I think my biggest advice is I know at, at the moment there's a lot of um, graduates and sort of young marketing professionals and in every sort of yeah. industry really who want remote working or hybrid working but I think you know in your initial stages I think you need to be willing to like be in an office to to sort of soak that up so I think employers need to make the office environment enjoyable and, and accessible for people so that they don't immediately come in with I don't want to be here I want to be at home and then they're not able to soak everything up essentially so yeah definitely definitely important to have a good office space where people feel like they can engage with their um colleagues and learn things from them yes i completely agree with that one and you don't need a good coffee machine to have that i think (laughs) the people that you have in place and if you're communicating it across the board that we want to be an environment that is inviting Mm -hmm. and we want to be an organization that you can have conversations with i think everyone needs to be on the same page and the only way you can get that is through communication oh yeah and through the people that you you hire you need to have people of the same mindset that know that that's valuable and it's not time wasting Mm. Definitely. And I think my final point really is, 
you know, a lot of graduates and apprentices, they are quite ambitious. They are thinking about where their life is going. And I think employers need to make sure that they are showing the different opportunities available to that person, you know, whether that's um, additional courses that they can support them with taking, whether that's progression plans and like a career structure and a path and big targets they can hit and what they'll get if they hit that incentives things like that I think if you lay out a big path you lay out options um, and and you lay out what a successful career in that industry in that job would look like then you're more likely to sort of keep those graduates and apprentices on and and have sort of high levels of retention of them. Because I remember being back back in the day makes it sound really old it was only like six five no seven years ago I don't even know I can't imagine I've slept since then um but yeah I remember when I first like joined as an apprentice in the industry and like the piece of advice which I'm I'm glad that I ignored was like as soon as you've done your apprenticeship like leave because yeah. you're, once the apprentice, always apprentice you'll always be an apprentice that was mm. the motto once an apprentice always an apprentice and that mentality has changed I think a lot of that is because of communicate like correspondence that's happening in schools like and like both at like university and at like college level Mm. it is very much like no these people are young inspiring upcoming people that are going to make an impact to businesses Mm. and they should be treated as such yeah they'll have the freshest ideas the freshest knowledge any sort of new innovations and research and things they will be the first ones to be taught it in in uni or school or whatever and I think they have such a valuable sort of insight into things that maybe the older generation don't know about and they can come with those really exciting ideas and and add a lot of value I definitely agree with that yep you're 100% right they do offer value and I think sometimes that can be like not forgotten but it once was forgotten I think it's very aware now how Mm. much value that they bring providing that they've got the support in place it is a big commitment I think take on an apprentice and a graduate Mm. one that some businesses might kind of half make because you know the idea of cheap labor um so so incorrect but um if they've got the right support in place these people will flourish um and they will continually add to it because if you start putting in a cycle of learning and development and enrichment Mm -hmm. it's only going to help grow the company more and it's only going to help the people that are there as well because if you're picking yeah. up on this and it's okay this person's doing really well with this training maybe I could branch out and do some additional training to the people that are already in the team to mm. help take them to the level that I want to be yeah I mean those those sort of junior people those graduates those apprentices could end up being your top talent one yeah. day and, and your biggest asset to the business and your biggest success story so I guess the message we're trying to give with this episode and I, I suppose the best way to conclude it is look after your juniors, look, yeah. look after those graduates, look after those apprentices, support them in any way you can, make them feel comfortable, make them feel settled um, because you never know what, what value they could bring eventually. 100%. And don't be afraid to push them a little bit, I yeah. think. Sometimes you can get a little bit worried and be like, okay, I don't want to go too far. I don't want to like upset the apple cart. But yeah. young people are resilient and yeah. they are driven when they are given the opportunity to be driven Hmm. absolutely thanks for that then it was great to have a couple of episodes with you um it's been lovely having you on well thanks i'm gonna go hide behind the the marketing screen now never to be seen again (laughs) classic (laughs) 